The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Glory to God. Glory to God. Passion. Everybody say passion. We're passionate about the things that are interesting to us, that we love, that we like. We're passionate about it. We're not always passionate about stepping across the threshold into a new frontier of expression to God because we've never been that far out of the zone, the comfortable zone. So, but it, I want to just encourage you, do it a little bit every day. Do it a little bit every day. Sometimes take giant steps when the atmosphere is right. And uh, particularly when the, the stakes are high and the needs are great, that's a real in your life and those that you love that you're standing in for, you're interceding for. You've got to get over yourself and, and just give God faith to work with on their behalf. You know, when your babies and your grandbabies and your loved ones are in trouble, and I'm not even talking about yourself now, just others, you decentralize yourself and, and you, you concentrate on the needs of other people, and it's a lot easier when it isn't for yourself sometimes. Because we get in this chronic uh, asking thing, you know, uh, and it, it turns back and just is a reflection on, on us and our needs and all of that all the time. But it's so good to realize that the way to get your needs met is getting others met, getting other people's needs met. And that give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Because with that same measure that you, that you measure outward, it's going to be measured, you know, back to you only a hundredfold. And Deuteronomy 11 says a thousandfold. And, you know, just forget all the fold stuff. <laughs> you know, we get fold uh, paralysis sometimes. <laughs> but the thing is, is he can do exceeding abundantly more, above more than what we can ask or think. So leave the return amount and, and timing up to him because he keeps perfect books. Perfect books. You know, I've done things that... that uh, Nobody knew about but the Lord and myself. You're the same way, and uh, thank God for that. But I just am here to tell you that, you know, there are a, a lot of great CPA corporations that keep track of be their bean counters all over the world and financial experts all over the world. And, and they're, they're, but nobody keeps books like the Lord. Nobody. Nobody. No man shall leave houses and families and and all this thing, the scripture, all these different things. For my sake and the gospel that I will not give him a hundredfold in return. In other words, you can't outgive God. You just can't do it. And uh, I am very blessed tonight to tell you that Kathy and I don't allow ourselves to get comfortable very often. It would be so nice to have that little extra comfort zone, financially extra comfort zone, uh, energy-wise, uh, whatever, you, you name it, you know. Uh, but there is something to be said for godly, God-inhabited struggle. I don't, I don't mean negative junk from the devil. That, that's different. I'm talking about the process of faith 
the process of faith gets strenuous at times. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I press. He doesn't say, I just, you know, hang around and don't do anything. I, pre- I looked up press in the dictionary. It's a sustained maximum effort. A press, you know. The lady came in the press behind Jesus that touched, laid with the issue of blood, touched his clothing. It was a, it was a, just a whole gaggle of people. You know, matter of fact, she was, a, she was ostracized from the society because of that issue of blood on a Levitical basis. And she had to kind of get down on the ground and make her way uh, through all the cats and dogs and sandals to get to the hem of his garment. Boom, boom, she pressed. She pressed through the press. And Paul says, I press toward the mark for, for the prize, or that leads me to the prize, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the press? It is that non-relenting, I don't care what's going on around me, I'm never going to back down on my faith. I'm never going to back down on my giving. I'm never going to back down on my prayer and my worship. I'm, not gonna, I'm just not going to back down. Not going back down. And you have to have that attitude. Comfort can really be a great blessing to you. But comfort, uh, human referenced comfort, is not really necessarily divine rest. Two or three people got that. I'll let it soak in for just a moment. Divine rest is when you're in the will of God. And, and it's just an amazing thing. It's not always comfortable in the perfect will of God. You know, you gotta, you got you to gotta contend. Contend. So Paul says, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And my son and I were bowling years ago, and he was uh, going to Lakota over here, and he had bowling as part of his gym class, you know, his PE class. They did some bowling, you know, they did all kinds of different things to learn basic things about life and sports and all that. And uh, so I'm just, he's just ripping me up, you know, ripping me up. He's getting 200, 190, 210. I'm bowling 80, you know. He said, Dad, see those marks on the lane? I said, yeah. He said, release the ball. Don't look at the pins. You don't do that with golf, do you? You have to look at the ball. You have to address the ball. Hello, ball. You know, and look at that. Somebody knew that was coming. Groucho Marx, amen. <laughs> and you, you've got to release the ball, Lenny said, at that mark, and then it will find its way to the pins. You can just watch it knock the pins down. If you release it at the right mark, you know. So uh, I've been trying to figure out what, what the mark is. And uh, I think I've found out press toward the, not the pins, but the release mark. And that, that mark is servanthood giving, servanthood lifestyle. It is serving other people. It is being putty in the Lord's hands. It is, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Not so anybody can go, oh, aren't they wonderful? You know, no, that's baloney. He gets all the glory. That I, you don't want anything that man calls glory. 
Kathy and I came from that background, the TV show business modeling, all this stuff. You know, you, you don't want that fake glory. That'll, that'll blow up in your face real soon. Uh, some endure a little longer than others, but it always, always without fail blows up in your face. And uh, so he said, I press toward the mark for the prize. I don't, uh, you see, when pilots, when Jim and I flew over to Scotland on that Concorde uh, several years back, and we were on one of the last flights that they flew on the, that aircraft, and uh, I'm glad we weren't on the last flight they flew, but we were on one of the last flights they flew over. And this is the kind of plane that, you know, you get to New York, from New York to London, it was three hours and 16 minutes. They went 1,360 miles an hour. It was an amazing spaceship ride, brother. I tell you, it was really, really something. And the, and the guy, the, the pilot who happened to be British Airways, you know, he, and he had that great accent, you know, and he had a big handlebar mustache, you know. And he says, uh, now, once we get out over, the, over New York and over the, over the St. Lawrence Seaway, said, we're going to turn on the reheats. Now, that's just a, a King James word for afterburners, <laughs> the reheats. Remember that? We're going to turn on the reheats, and you may get a little sensation. You'll feel them when they pop on. It'll be just a moment. And Jim and I are sitting there having tea, aren't we? We're having some tea and some cookies, some crumpets, some uh, shortbread from Scotland. Amen. Glory to God. We're British all the way on this one, you know. And... Uh, and pretty soon, you hear this, you feel this bump, like you're, you've got this, this, this rocket that just got ignited on you. And then it starts going. And, and you know, <laughs> we're trying, I can't, I can't, I'm, we're pinned to the seat, and we've got this hot tea, and we don't want to drop it you know where. And, you know, it would not be good. And it, it just... The Lord, the Lord wants to take us uh, in a position where he can say, okay, I'm getting ready to turn on the afterburners. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you have, do you have your house in order? Uh, it, it's time. It's time. It's time. So Paul says, I press toward the mark. I make a sustained maximum effort toward servanthood, giving and obedient to Christ. And uh, for the prize, you know what I noticed about that flight? He didn't shoot straight over to England. Now, he could have gotten there even quicker. But he, he, for safety reasons, any of you know anything about aviation, you don't do straight line stuff. If it, That's the right song, but... I didn't say hit it yet, please. Is this the Lord trying to tell me to shut up and start singing? <laughs> Kathy, did you slip that note to them again? All right, I'm just kidding. But thank you very much. He just went like that and hit the button. Anyway, just kidding. But you know what they do? They do a connect the dots thing for safety, to be near land. Anybody that flies knows that. So they go up the St. Lawrence Seaway up, up to uh, Nova Scotia and Labrador and across the top and you look over and you see uh, Greenland and Reykjavik and all these then they come down the other side just to be near an airport all the time if they need to land you know how that goes so uh, our, our whole existence our whole life in Christ is like a connect the dots puzzle like that that guy flies it's seldom ever a straight line to getting anything but because you got to go through here to get there 
And if you don't go, if you don't connect this dot first and try to jump over to the fourth dot, you're going to have some horrible looking uh, puzzle looking creature or something. No one were kids doing connect the dots. Always go from A to B, you know, one to two to three to four to five, because then it begins to, it begins to form what God wants you to, to see. And all this metaphorical stuff just to simply say, uh, we press toward the mark that leads us to the prize. And the area between the mark and the prize is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There's so much healing power here that you can just reach up and grab whatever you need. Whatever you need, just grab it. Just reach up and grab it. Grab it. Take it. here. You can enter into it and it'll set you even freer. Woo! Glory! The joy of the Lord. Who votes votes for joy? just got so much I wanted to share, so I'm just going to pick and choose and (laughs) hit the highlights. (laughs) And uh, I really was going to end with this, but I decided to start with it. This just amazes me about Jesus. Just amazes me. It's in Luke 18. I want you to look at that. It's in red, you know, on our television show. Uh, you've not seen it. If you have direct TV, it's on, we have a program on channel 377 up with the Christian stations Monday through Friday at 6.30 here in Cincinnati p.m. And then it's on again. Actually, it comes on, the first one of the week comes on at 4.30 a.m. in the morning. We get a lot of emails from people that are up at that time that say that that that's when they watch. And praise God, more power to them. (laughs) We we get, we're so blessed. The Lord's so good to us. We, um, oh, you can also see it on Roku, on Amazon Fire, uh, Truly, iTunes video podcast, and all the platforms, and then you can get it on your phone, on your computer, you just download tct.tv, that's our network, TCT, which originated here in Cincinnati, yes, Uh, Garth and Tina Coons founded it, and then they built a station here from Richmond, Mm -hmm. Christian TV came into Cincinnati, and then they gave it to Paul and Jan Crouch for TBN. They gifted it to them. And they have such a harvest from that. And we're so blessed to be a part of that network. But um, 
when you need a little word, you should have some podcasts and apps and things on your phone that you can just hit. And I know most of you have Bluetooth and stuff, and we do too, but we, it doesn't always work in every area we're driving or something. So when we need to hear it louder because of road noise, we put it in a cup holder, and it acts as an amplifier. Have you ever done that? It does, and we can hear it. So anyway, <laughs> so we get a lot of wonderful emails, and we get very little criticism. I mean, it wouldn't stop us if we did, but... We're just very <laughs> very blessed, but we got this one email, or, or I guess it was a private message on Facebook. Go to our Facebook page, lannandkathymink.com, and jump on, okay? All you have to do is hit like, and you're on. So this lady said, I really love your program, but Lynn had been teaching on the frequencies and the supernatural power of music, and he'd been talking about the subatomic particles. <laughs> and so this lady said, I love your program, but would you please ask Lynn to stop talking about the subatomic particles? <laughs> and, and I didn't know what to say. I wanted to be courteous. I didn't want to give her a whole teaching or anything. So I just said, thank you. <laughs> over that so much that is so nonsensical but I just replied thank you <laughs> okay uh, let's get back to Jesus in the 18th chapter verse 1 it says and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint and now he's going to give the example if I can get through it there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. This guy was a case. Yes, he was. But we got a lot of them around today. <laughs> and there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Somebody had done her wrong. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to, maybe she had a debt. Yeah. And maybe they were trying to take her children. What? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um. periodically feel free to laugh <laughs> but here is this judge who feared not God nor cared about other people yeah. and so the first thing is that's not supposed to stop us exactly. if they're mean and ugly and awful to us and they won't do what they're supposed to do we're not supposed to let that stop us Jesus himself is saying this, tells the widow coming to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And that was his job. Mm -hmm. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, 
yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she weary me. We're supposed to wear the evildoers out. We're supposed to wear the unbelievers out. We won't stop coming. Jesus commanded us here, hey, be like this widow. Thank God she had backbone. Yes, she did. And he didn't care about her. He didn't care about doing the right thing. But because she wouldn't let up, she got what she wanted. So you be that way. You don't let up. You don't let up on those hard cases that you're teaching. You don't let up on them. No, you don't. You keep coming at them. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Now he brings it around to us and him. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith. Do you know that I didn't even remember that that I knew that that question was in the word when the son of man cometh will he find faith on the earth but I I never dreamed it was at the end of this parable. Yeah, that's good. So he's calling what she did faith. Yes. And he's asking us will you have that kind of faith? So that when I come back which could be sooner than we think, I'll find you in faith. That's real good. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Now, when, you know, some people have asked the question, well, if I kept coming to the Lord about one thing, wouldn't that be an unbelief if I just kept on it? No. Not at all. That's what he's talking about here. You're coming in faith. You're refusing to give up or let up. You're going after what is promised to you. And nothing's going to waylay you. Nothing's going to throw you off. Nothing's going to stop you. And what happens when you do that? You win. You win. He will avenge you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, we have been given the ability to decree and declare things. Job tells us that. Job 22, 28. Decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. You decree it. That's it. There it is. It's set in concrete. Decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and light will come on your path. So we need to be decreeing and declaring 
And I picture this woman saying, her neighbors saying, did you go talk to him again? And she decrees and declares, I'm getting justice. Justice is mine. It's mine. She's decreeing it over and over. That's what the woman did with the issue of blood. God only knows we won't know her name till heaven. But we know she's the woman with the issue of blood. I don't know if there's any woman been more talked about in the Bible than her. And so she kept saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She didn't say it once, or I don't know. She kept on saying it, and that's all we have to do. That shows we believe. You know, when, uh, and right after, you know, right when she, after she was healed, Jay Iris was there to, wanting to get healing for uh, his daughter, and there was a fiasco, and somebody, always somebody, ready to give a bad report. <laughs> One of his servants ran up and said, don't bother him, she's already dead. Yeah. How about that report? I could. But what was Jesus' answer to that report? Only believe. Only believe. So believing is the most important thing in this Bible. Believing. Only believe. She was already dead. But he said, only believe. He didn't want him to say anything. He had already said, if you'll come, I know my daughter will be healed. He didn't want him to change that. He didn't want him to say, never mind, it's over. So I believe before he could speak, Jesus said, only believe. And he got it. His daughter raised from the dead. Glory to God. Brother Hagin used to say, uh, believing is simply acting on the word. So believing is seeing what's in this book and doing it. Going and doing. Going and doing. Glory to God. Well, we're in uh, the great exciting area that's been prophesied for the end time. Two things. <clears throat> the end time wealth transfer from the wicked rich to the church. And the other is supernatural debt cancellation. Those two things go together. And you would be doing the Lord an injustice not to go after both of them. You would be saying, I don't value your word and your prophecy. I'm not paying any attention to it. I'm not going for it. You don't want to do that. You want to grab it. You want to say, that's for me. I was sitting at a believer's convention uh, one night, and they have five meetings a day. And where I was sitting, I saw one of Creflo Dollar's men, because Creflo was speaking at the convention, sitting about three rows down from me. And um, 
I noticed him, like when something really good would be said, I noticed him kind of going like that, but he was saying something. So I just leaned way forward to see what he was saying. And he was saying, I take that. When somebody would speak out something good, he would say, I take that. So I didn't want him to get anything I didn't get. So I started saying, I take that. I take that. And now it's just a way of life that we say, I take that. The Lord showed us that in that wonderful man. Well, how smart he was. Because he spoke it. He didn't wait. Right in the service, he didn't yell it out to distract anyone, but he just said, I take that. Think what he was taking throughout that whole convention. <laughs> he left exploding with revelation and, and blessing. But Everybody could have, but he chose to. Isn't that something about the Lord? He doesn't force anyone. He makes it available, and he respects us so much that he lets us decide. Do we want life? Do we want death? Do we want good? Do we want evil? Do we want blessing? Do we want curses? Do we want all the promises of God and everything that's been laid up from the foundation of the world from for you, all your provision that's in the spirit realm that you have to speak and believe to bring it down here into the natural realm? Do we want that? Then we can have it. Take that too. Because I said this this morning, but I, I meditate on this, this statement all the time. Natural things, everything we can see, feel, touch, everything, are controlled not by what we see, but by the more powerful realm of the spirit. Do you know what that means? We can use our faith and go into the spirit realm based on the word of God and the promises of God. And we can say, I take that. And we can bring it down into our lives. But it's invisible. So you have to believe not what you see, but what God says. I just... I. Understand a little bit more all the time what it means to him for us to believe what he says. You can think about it with a friend, a child, a loved one, a spouse, anybody. You can think how you feel if you tell them something that's good. That maybe you have for them and you're bringing it to them this week. And they say, I don't believe you. I don't believe that. I believe it. Or they just, eh. And they're not even home when you come and knock on the door. We don't want to do the Lord that way. We want to grab hold of the fact that we can change anything with our faith and our words. We can 
move and bring things, get rid of things. And there are no limits. There are no limits. The only limit is within us. You're your only limiter. Yours is off. Good. <laughs> Let's all throw off our limiters. No more. No more. So let me run through a few of these uh, scriptures about these things because the church needs money, and so do you. I, I love the way the, um, I think it's the NIV puts, um, to me, this is one sentence in the NIV, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that tells us the purpose for prosperity. That you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Isn't that wonderful? That every time you saw someone that needed something or needed a bill paid or needed a mortgage paid or whatever, you could just say, here, you have so much that you can meet that need. And then you're going to get a huge harvest, so you're going to get more back to continue to do it. And then the person that you met their need will be inspired to want to be the same way. And so they will use their faith. This is God's economics. Let them shout for joy, Psalm 35, 27, and be glad. We were shouting for joy tonight that favor my righteous cause. That's what we were doing. We were shouting and laughing and dancing because we favor his righteous cause. You know, a lot of places in the scripture, and I think, I think of David and Goliath, when he went down there and, and all the older men in the army that were older than him, his own brothers and people, were stymied by a, a big giant that was mouthing off. And he looked around and said, is there not a cause? Our God is being defiled by what he's saying and his challenge to us. He thinks we as God's people cannot defeat him. Yes. That's a cause. That's a cause. That's right. Well, today in the culture we live in and the time on God's timetable we live in, is there not a cause? Yeah, we've been hiding in the church, letting the world go to evil, yeah. but it's not too late. No, it's not. Because there's a cause. And we need to stand up. I love the story. Um, I, I saw on something that there was a pastor in Las Vegas that uh, he was kind of like you, Josh. He's kind of a combo between Pastor Jim and Josh Willard. Yeah, think of it. Think of it. <laughs> 
And so he was walking down the street in Las Vegas with a couple of young guys from his church. And coming toward them, they saw down the sidewalk was this obviously demon-possessed man. And he was growling and going like this and coming toward them. And this pastor said, boys, this is great. We're going to have so much fun. And he couldn't wait for that guy to get up there. And he says, get out of him in the name of Jesus. And the guy just falls. <laughs> he just falls. And they finally got him up and led him to the Lord. But that's the way we need to do. We have the authority. We have the power. And there's so much cost. And it always leads to people coming to the Lord. Not just one person. But it, there's always people watching and listening. And we reach more people with one obedient act than we could ever imagine. Because the Holy Spirit takes it. Holy Spirit takes it where he wants it to go. Glory to God. Jesus wants you to be debt free. Jesus' death on Calvary was the greatest debt cancellation of all time. Canceled our sin and our sickness, our rejection, our grief, all of it. The greatest debt cancellation is Jesus' death on the cross. Canceling sin debt for all eternity, for all mankind. That's why they have that song, we owed a debt we could not pay. We needed him. Here's a definition of debt. Something owed, an obligation of state of being under obligation to pay or repay. A weight. A debt is a weight. But Jesus set the example for us when he paid the greatest debt of the universe. But we can take that even into the financial realm and we can meditate on debt cancellation and how our great, our great King of Kings and Lord of Lords achieved that and how much simpler it is for us to be out from under the debt of our financial things. That's nothing compared to what he did, the debt he canceled. No matter how big the debt, there is supernatural debt cancellation. What's the difference in, in debt cancellation, a normal debt cancellation, like when you finish paying your credit card? Somebody, I thought I'd hear I'd take that. <laughs> it's great to pay them off. You know, and, and be working to pay them off, for example, credit cards. But why not ask the Lord for supernatural debt cancellation in addition to you doing your part? What makes it supernatural? It comes by faith and believing and speaking that it's yours. Yeah. It comes with no toil on your part. 
No toil. You're just believing and speaking and thinking. and You don't know how he's going to do it. It's not your business how he's going to do it. You'll get into unbelief so fast trying to figure that out. It'll, no need. No need. No toil. And by the leading of the Spirit. To connect you with the right person, with the right place at the right time. Len and I say all the time, we're at the right place at the right time all the time. That'll keep you out of big messes, out of delays, out of accidents, and from missing part of your destiny. I'm at the right place at the right time all the time. This would be a good one to make a daily statement. When you believe and speak, you engage. But you engage in the spirit realm. Where he gets the glory and it's up to him. But you need to get radical. Jim is already radical. <laughs> Isn't he, Sarah? And it's great. But we all need to get radical. We... um. When you pray for something and you take it and you believe and you begin to praise him for it and say, I have it now, you need to add the word debt-free. For example, when we um, needed a new vehicle, we wanted uh, an Escal a Cadillac Escalade to travel in several years back. And we didn't just say, Lord, we're asking you for... Uh, a Cadillac Escalade, we said, we're asking you for a debt-free Cadillac Escalade. Two words that make the difference of whether you're making payments or not. Two words. Debt-free. If I, if I could ever have the time to tell you everything we've got debt-free, everything I wear, almost every single thing I got debt-free, I got this jacket debt-free. Come on now. A, I just claim clothes debt-free all the time. <laughs> and a partner that I didn't even know with our ministry, she's a cobby girl. That's a, a line of clothes. And she started sending me stuff. Praise God, hallelujah. And she needs a manifestation of healing on her, uh, her eye. And I declare it all the time. I'm right with her on it. She's got it. But so we got the Escalade. Um, a, a ministry in Georgia wanted, wanted us to have one. And they, they gave us four over a period of years. They would take the one back and give us another one. But they... they right, right. Million miles. And so, the last one, the fourth one, they had some changes in their direction. And what they did is they chose to make, to make payments. They didn't buy it straight out. They sent us the money to make the payments. That's the way they wanted to do it. And they always had the payment there until right at the end of the fourth one, and they had a change in direction, and they, they couldn't send it anymore. 
And so I looked, and there was $10,000 left that was owed on it. Now, here's your choice. You could say, because you think you're a nice person, um, you know, they did all this for us. We can at least pay the rest of these payments. Yeah. You can do that. But you may be a nice person, but you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we, we said, no, Lord, we said debt free. Debt free. So there's $10,000 left. That's a debt. We said debt free. We thank you that it's debt free. The next week, we got a check for $10,000. Yeah. From one woman. But we didn't go shopping with it. We sent it into the bank so that vehicle was paid off. Over and over and over again, experiences like that. All because you add the words debt-free. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's all through the scriptures. It's all through there. You can get our prosperity packet out there, and there's a lot of scriptures in there uh, about this. But you need to do a search and a study of increase in the Bible. I'm talking about financial. Yeah. Isaiah 48, 17 says, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Good. Now, along with this comes giving and receiving, seed time and harvest, the end time wealth transfer. Giving is your key to increase in every area. This could only happen in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But I was sitting in a salon um, getting highlights several years back <laughs> with tinfoil, you know, all around my head. And a, a man I didn't know that was a pastor at some church there accosted me. <laughs> and he said... Kenneth Copeland says that we should give to get, and that's wrong. Kenneth Copeland says that. And I said, no, he didn't. And he says, yes, he did. I said, no, he didn't. I said, you want to know who said it? He said, yeah. I said, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Luke 6, 38. <laughs> Give, and it shall be given unto That's you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. See, you're, they're not in the spirit when they think that. They're, yeah. they're in humanistic thinking because um, the world says if you want more, you work yourself to the bone, or if you're in Hollywood or one of those deals, you step on people to get to the top. You hoard everything you get. You step on your own grandmother to get there. Yeah. And that's the way you increase. But God says just the opposite. He says, open your hand and give 
and watch what I do. That's my way of increase. That's my way. But you have to experience it. You have to step out and go and do. And it, I'm talking about finances, but it works in any area. Any area. You need new clothes? Give some of your clothes away to someone that they will bless. You're planting a seed, and you will get a harvest. I like to go for the hundredfold harvest. Charles Capps, he stood up at the minister's conference at Copeland's years back, and he said, the, um, in the last days, the hundredfold harvest will be extremely important for the prophecies of the wealth transfer coming to the church and to the believers. Well, that makes sense because there's, when you plant a seed, the Lord said there's a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Well, 100 would be better, wouldn't it? Would be more. So that made sense. What the, the encouragement was, believe for the 100 fold. Don't, don't think about the 30, the 60. Believe for the hundredfold. But what I see people do is they, they do, they believe for that, and then they get part of it. And they're so excited, as they should be, that they think, well, they just stop there. But don't stop there. Say, thank you, Lord. But there's more. There's more. Um. We had a little birthday party, not as good as the one where you were Uncle Al and Wendy, but we had a little birthday party in Tulsa. It was my birthday, and um, a man came uh, with my son that had helped him with some uh, business in his business, and I didn't know him very well. He was a Baptist man. I knew he knew the Lord, and he didn't have a whole lot of teaching, but he, he was winning souls all the time for the Lord. And he gave me a birthday card, and it had $200 cash in it. And I thought, well, that was so nice of him. We barely know him. And I said, Paul, let me have your hand. And he gave me his hand. I said, now, I'm going to pray something, and then I don't want you to say anything but thank you, Lord. Because I knew he didn't really know much about the harvest, and I wanted him to get it. I didn't want him to say anything that would block it, you know. <laughs> so... He said, okay, so I took his hand and I prayed for the hundredfold return for him on that $200 that he gave me so sweetly for my birthday. And I said, thank you, Lord, it's done. Now, Paul, if you think of it, just say, thank you, Lord. Don't say anything else about it. He said, okay. So he owed some money to the IRS. Everybody hates that. <laughs> it's not a good thing. No. And... All of a sudden, two weeks later, he calls us. He just found a check to him from the IRS in the mailbox for $14,000. He was rejoicing. Hallelujah. He was rejoicing. But I said, Paul, that's just wonderful. But that's not the whole hundredfold. So you got more coming. He goes, okay. So then, within that month, he got the rest of it. He got the rest of it. 
according to your faith, be it unto you. And faith is in two places. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. So if you're just thinking about it and thinking, Lord, I, I have faith for this, but you never say anything, you haven't completed your faith. You haven't, have you, John? No. You got to say it. That's God's pattern. He said, let there be, and there was. That's our pattern, too. We follow him. Glory to God. But Ecclesiastes is an interesting scripture, uh, chapter 226. God giveth to a man who is good in his sight wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping up so that he may give to the one that pleases God. Faith pleases God. Not how great you think you are in your good works. Faith pleases God. Hallelujah. So we've got the end time wealth transfer. Proverbs 13, 22. The wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. Moffat says the sinner lays up treasure to enrich the good. And Proverbs 28, 8 is interesting in the NIV. He who increases his wealth, this would be the banks, the credit card people, and all many, many. He who increases his wealth by exorbitant interest amasses it for another who will be kind to the poor. See, the Lord's trying to get it in our hands because we know what to do with it. Build a training center. Build a church. Build an orphanage. Go work with YWAM. A million things the Lord has, righteous things, for us to do with it because on this earth it takes money. It, that's the currency of this realm, but faith is the currency of the spirit realm. Yeah. So we can use our faith as currency in the spirit realm to bring natural currency to our household. And I just hope you'll just go for it. You'll just, you know who Kate McVeigh is? Yeah. Well, she's a real gal of faith and we had her on the road show in Tulsa interviewing her one time. I'll never forget this. I thought of it this morning, Lynn, when you said that little teeny note, Lord, this is what we're asking you for. Um, Kate uh, said that she had made a list of things she needed for her ministry and wanted and to do and all that, the, the provision she needed. And she only put on that list things that she felt she could never make happen herself as far as she could see. I said, well, how many things were on that list? She said, 57. I said, well, that's great. And then I asked her the question. Water. I asked, thank you, darling. I asked her the question. Well, how many, I think it was in March, and she had made that list in January. And I said, well, how many have you seen come so far? She said, all of them. All of them. 
made me jump. I take that. <laughs> Is the Lord any respecter of persons? No. Why don't you make a list of 57 things yes. and hold it up to the Lord and say debt free? Channing's going to make 58. <laughs> I wish we would get some competition yeah. in the church for the blessings of God Come on now. in a joyful way. And just have so much fun. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No toil. Well, if you don't have toil, you're in joy. But you've got to engage. And you have to hear something. That's why I'm teaching this tonight. Because faith comes by hearing. To have these things, you have to hear it. That's what God decided that was going to be the way. So, if you'll notice, and this is why we have to keep strong teaching coming into our ears daily. Jim and Sarah can't be with you every day. So you get the CDs from the church, you watch our television program, you, you watch Brother Copeland, you watch whoever you like. But strong faith teaching, because that's what will fill your spirit. And when you begin to think that way and talk that way, and you speak it over and over again, it's building the image in your spirit. It's building it. Every confession you make, it's building it until your faith is so strong. Then you'll do that judge the way that lady did. You won't give up. You won't give up, and you'll get it. Glory to God. And I'm working on quickly, suddenly, straightway. Why do we have to wait if it's already done? We don't. So we need to add debt-free, and we need to add suddenly, straightway, to our speaking. Glory to God, glory to God. Now, you know, every seven years, they canceled all debts in the Old Testament. But, and it was Jubilee. They called it Jubilee. But Jesus is our Jubilee. We don't have to wait seven years. Hallelujah. Jerry, hallelujah. <laughs> He's already done it. He's our jubilee. He's our jubilee. We can have it now. So I want you to just be thinking, thinking, meditating on now. Suddenly, it's done. It's mine. No limits. Just go with it. Go with it. Tell it to each other. Glory to God, because we haven't even scratched the surface yet on what God has promised and what he wants to pour on us. And he says in Jeremiah 1.12, I will hasten my word to perform it. Brother Hagin would plead his case. He'd hold Jeremiah 1.12 up to the Lord and say, you, you said you would hasten your word to perform it. I'm putting you in remembrance of your word. And he yes. got it. Let me remind you in case some of you didn't know it or you forgot. People just go wild when we say this on the TV show because they didn't know it. But Brother Hagin said the Lord told him 
Here's how to get the finances he needed. Decide the amount. Then say, Satan, let's say it's $10,000. Satan, take your hands off my $10,000. In Jesus' name. One sentence. The next sentence was, ministering spirits, go and cause it to come in. Yes. That was it. That was it. And he did it over and over and over again. Yes. And we can do it too. We can do it too. We can do it. But you have to be like that woman in Luke 18. You can't give it up if it looks like it hadn't come yet. You just keep right on. And it's so interesting to me that there are so many instances in the scripture where um, Elijah, Elisha especially, they, there would be somebody in terrible need, these widows, you know, and they'd say, they'd come to the man of God and the world would think he was supposed to comfort them and pat them and sympathize with them. But they never did. They had an instruction, though. And it usually was, give me something. Yeah. Yeah. When it looked like they had nothing to give. Yeah. Nothing. And it's recorded a couple of these widows that were smart enough to do, go and do. They did it even at the point of thinking they were going to die if they did it because they were going to starve. But then when they did it and they gave it to him, all of a sudden, everything opened up. The woman with the cruise of oil became debt-free. All her needs were met. She became debt-free. It always says, and they, their provision came, and they had enough to pay off their debts. Glory to God. Well, I got so excited about that, and then the Lord decided to get me on it. So um, <laughs> I uh, went in this florist in, in Tulsa. I was going to get something, but when I went in there, I found out the man was closing. And he said that he owed payroll taxes, and he just had to close the store till he could pay them off, that he just had no way to pay them right now and all of that. But he had heard us on the radio so he knew who I was, and he said, would you pray for me? And I said, yeah, and I did. And all the time I heard him here, tell him to give you something. <laughs> I didn't know this man from Adam. I didn't know what he believed, didn't believe, what church he went to. I didn't know any of it. So I didn't say it. I thought more of myself than I did him and obeying God. So a couple days later, I was with a girlfriend, and we were riding down that same street. And there, were, there was the florist. <laughs> I said, Miriam, would you go with me? There's something i got to do. She said, sure. So we went in. I thought, well, maybe he's not there. Maybe he's. <laughs> so there he was. So I went in, and I said, mister, 
There was something I was, the Lord told me to say to you. You know what? I didn't even say that. I had said that to Mary, and that's what it was. I just went in, and I said, give me something. And he, <laughs> you know what? You know what he did? He, he never hesitated. And I know he didn't know this teaching. He whirled around, and he had his inventory he was working on, and he picked up this giant, beautiful blue and white pot. And he picked it up, and he put it in my hands. I could hardly hold it. It was so heavy. And he just did that. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> and I said, I believe your taxes are paid, and we left. And I found out later he got those taxes paid. They did it in the Old Testament. I tell you, we got we to gotta pep up. <laughs> we gotta pep up. <laughs> See, if I say that, and then Jim says we got to, I don't know about you, but I feel the anointing on him saying that hitting me. Do you feel it over there when he says you got, we got to? It's wonderful. That's why it's so great that he yells this stuff out. It's so anointed. Okay, there's the axe head. You know that story? We don't have time to turn to it. But they were doing something, and a young man was working with an axe. And you know how it flew off the wood part. And it went into the water and sunk to the bottom. And he said, alas, that was borrowed. Like, immediately he had a debt. He was going to have to pay that back. And the man of God puts a stick in there, and it rises to the top. Don't you think that's supernatural? Debt cancellation? Glory to God. Well, Jesus didn't want to th us to think that it was all Old Testament. I'm looking for my scripture here. But I know it's getting late, so I'm just going to tell it to you. And you're going to have to find it later. <laughs> so the greedy Romans discovered that they thought they would try to get some taxes from Jesus and Peter. And so Peter said, are we supposed to pay taxes? And Jesus said, just render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and unto God that which is God's. So yeah, he, he said he'd pay them. So did he say open the treasury and see what we got? No. no he did not. Because he wanted to show us something that we could do. So he didn't even say, Peter, who was a fisherman, go catch some fish and sell them. He didn't say that either. He said, Peter, go get the first fish you see and open its mouth and you'll find a gold coin. You'll find treasure. And take that and pay our taxes. Is that the wildest thing you ever heard of? That just opened the door for every wild way that we could even imagine. 
for the Lord to bring blessing to us. Didn't it? And it's, he did, and you know, he, he said, give me something a lot too. You know, when he wanted to preach to the multitude and, and he needed to get out off the shore, he said to Peter, give me your boat. Give me your boat to use. And Peter decided to do it. That's when then he got after that, the net-breaking harvest that his nets couldn't even hold. They broke, and he had enough for his whole business and more. But that started with Jesus saying, give me something, give me your boat. So he says to us first, give me your life. Give me your and I will give you a destiny and a life that you can't even imagine. How glorious it is. How glorious it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to tell one more story, and I want to, um, I want to do something before we close. Now, here's the, here's the thing I face when I, I teach on finances. Um, I know the Lord has commanded me to teach in this area a lot. Yes. And it's for you. But then somebody could think, with the devil's help, well, she just wants a bigger offering. Because the offering's going to be taken after she finished. And, you know, I hadn't run into that for a long time, but I did in a church about a month ago. And the pastor, pastor said when he got up to take the offering, and I hadn't taught near this much, uh, so much I want to get money to God's people and teach on this. And he said, well, if I'd have known what was going to be taught, I would have taken the offering at the beginning of the service for us. And you know, it hurt my feelings but for about a second, but then I just said, he just doesn't understand. Um, I guess he was afraid somebody would think I was teaching that for us to get a better offering. Yeah. So I didn't say it then because he was uh, an older man. I wanted to respect him and, and he was already up taking the service. But what I say, we have increased meetings in Tulsa where we teach stuff all the time like this. And what I say to counteract that, to just shove the devil's nose in it, is real simple. If you would ever think that and you don't want to give, in the offering, don't give. It's that simple. Just don't. It's your decision. But um, we were in a church in New York, and it was a church that isn't, what we would, it's a good church, but it's not real strong on faith and confession and prosperity. But we've been going there uh, for a number of years, and the people are really, really getting it and really on it. In fact, the associate pastor said, Every time I hear that they're coming, I start making more money just hearing they're coming. Which I said, Praise God. So, <laughs> but anyway. I felt in the pastor's office, I don't know why God does these things to me, but I felt in the pastor's office the Lord saying, they ask him if you can take the offering. 
because I was teaching on seed time and harvest at the end of the service. And um, that doesn't usually go over with a pastor. And uh, I said, uh, Pastor, what would you think since I'm teaching on seed time and harvest if I just take them right on into the offering? And he said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I said, but, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable with that, you take it, you know. So finally, in a few minutes, he said, you know what? Yeah, do it. And he didn't really understand seed time and harvest fully. So I taught on it and taught on it. And it was a Sunday morning. And I started in, I said, now, uh, we're going to take an offering and everybody has a chance to plant a seed just as you feel led, whatever. And all of, it's one of those churches where it's dark. I couldn't see their faces like I can see you're all. And so all of a sudden, as the ushers start to come, I hear this voice from down here somewhere that goes, everybody plant a seed. And it was the pastor. He had grabbed it. He had, the revelation had hit him. And he realized for his people's sake, he wanted them to get a harvest. So he realized they needed to plant a seed. And so he yelled that out. It was the most anointed thing. It was a rough sounding voice, loud. It was anointed. And I mean, those people planted seeds. And it was one of the biggest offerings they'd ever gotten. And then on the way out of the church, as the pastor was leading, somebody gave him a check for $1,000. But what was that? That was revelation from this book of how God wants to do economics to bless you and bless me. And the man, I admire him, he grabbed it, he wanted it for the people, and the people were so blessed, the church was blessed, and the pastor was blessed. It, I never forget it, I'll never forget it, I'll, I'll, I'll remember it in heaven. But here's what I want you to do before we close here. I want you to stand up. And if you want to get radical about supernatural debt cancellation and you want to enter into that in your life with your faith, I want you to come up and line up across the front here and I'll tell you what we're going to do. And when you play something in a minute when I'm finished, let it be fast and joyful, okay? Um, <laughs> good for you. You're the dancer, aren't you? Yes, yes. That's so great. That dancing is so great. And what Lynn and I are going to do is we're believing for you for it. So you've come up and said you're believing. So we're just going to quickly touch you. And when we touch you, it signifies our agreement with you. Because we have faith for you to have your debts canceled. And so you have come up and extended your faith, and if two agree, it shall be done. Glory to God. Okay, make a little bit of room. Go, go ahead, guys. They're looking for something joyful. <laughs> Fast. Come on up here.
Supernatural debt cancellation in Jesus' name. Yes, supernatural debt cancellation in Jesus' name. You might want to say, I take it. Supernatural debt cancellation in Jesus' name. Supernatural debt cancellation in Jesus' name. Supernatural debt cancellation in Jesus' name. Yes, supernatural debt cancellation in the name of we trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I M A G O D E I C I N C Y.com.